speak the charm of make charm of make charm There will come a time on the planet Earth when science and technology will be long forgotten. When wizards will rule the world. This is the Arnamancy Podcast, exploring esotericism, tarot, magic, and the occult. I am Reverend Eric. Welcome back to the Arnamancy Podcast. I am here today with my good friend and returning guest, Andrew Watt. Um, I He's got a long list of awesomeness and credentials, and if you want to hear like a really, really good introduction, you should go listen to uh, the last episode we did together, which I think was called Wizards of the Future. Um, but today, Andrew is my guest astrologer. Hi, Andrew. Welcome back. Hello, how are you, Eric? I am doing good. It's a new year. I've got all of this great new podcasting equipment that I can't seem to stop talking about, and I am ready to discover what terrors the future has in store for us. Well, fantastic, because there's a lot of terrors coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's already been so like a... Uh, you know, we were chatting a little bit before the episode, and you were talking about how you uh, you sort of did the forecast for um, like midnight on January first, and the, la- the this first week of the year has already had some like pretty crappy stuff in the news and some pretty startling things going on. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what you came up with. Um, so let's start. Like, maybe can you? So we're, we're going to do a tarot forecast and we're going to do an astrology forecast. And um, Yeah, and I don't know how far in the year you want to do, if you want to do an, a full year overview or if you want to do month by month. But my suggestion is that I've prepared a little bit of a month by month forecast. And, uh, and if you want to draw tarot cards at about the same time and and sort of discuss what it is that you've drawn and and sort of make a guess as to what goes on, and then we'll talk a little bit about the astrology. Does I that sound like a workable plan? That sounds like a great plan. I um, I don't usually do uh, forecasts like this with tarot, so it'll be a fun exercise for me. And I am going All to right. be using um, uh, Robert Place's Alchemical Tarot, and my uh, Alchemical Tarot deck is like my super weird one that does weird stuff for us. Excellent. Uh, there are a lot of episodes that go over the transits of this coming year. The transits is just sort of the natural progression of the planets around the the, uh, the sky, and it's really easy to track that kind of stuff with an ephemeris. And the Astrology Podcast a few weeks ago did their 2020 year overview, and they will give you a really good guide to the transit. Mm-hmm. And what I did was something slightly different. I'm in the process of working my way through this massive book, a new translation by Benjamin Dyke, PhD. It's the, uh, the blue-green volume called Persian Nativities 4 by Abu Mashar on the revolutions of the years of nativity, covering perfections, distributions, sirdars, transits, solar revolutions, and more. 
And given that transits are very common and it's very easy to find other podcasts, I said, let's do Solar Revolution from this book that was just issued last year in English translation and see what Solar Revolutions have to say about the year ahead. All right. Um, what what, What is a Solar Revolution then? The basic idea is that you take a chart of a person, mm-hmm. and they were born at a specific time, and when they were born, the sun was at a specific degree and minute and even second. Mm-hmm. You then project that degree and minute to the current year. You know, if they're 15, then you go to about their birthday and you find the moment closest to their birthday when the sun was at the same sign, degree, and minute. Okay, so... And that's your solar return chart for the year. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh Then that chart, if you can do lunar returns from that. Hello? Uh, hi, I'm here. Yeah, you just did you lose me? Did I lose you? It, it was just for a second. And oddly enough, it happened exactly at the moment that uh, we entered the hour of uh, Mercury over here, <laughs> which I can tell because I'm looking straight at my planetary clock, and like I saw the lights flicker just as you sort of froze on the screen. I was like, "Well, that's weird." <laughs> <laughs> Perfect that we're talking about magic and astrology then. Yeah, thanks, Mercury, wherever you are. Please don't screw with yeah, this anymore. Yeah, hail Mercury. <laughs> Hermes, draw near unto our prayer incline, angel of Jove and Maya's son divine. <laughs> um, okay, so that was... A so sol- you take the solar revolution chart and you project it month by month. If the person was born when the sun was in Capricorn... You then look at the chart for the same minute and degree when the sun is in Aquarius, and then oh. Aries, or and then Pisces, and then Aries, and so on, so that you have both a month by month forecast as well as a year long over. Okay, so in that case, like we wouldn't really necessarily be doing month by month as much as we would be doing sign by sign, or, um, or that's not, right, not strictly you're doing, month. You're doing sign by sign, and it's sort of. In this case, it's taking the solar revolution technique, it's applying it to vulgar midnight in the place <laughs> where I live. Okay. So what the clock said at the moment that I took the chart from my local location, 12 midnight, what was on the clock at that point, and then projecting that sun's location throughout the entire year. You know, um, there's all these uh, correspondences between tarot and astrology that I'm not always super caught up on, so um, it's going to be great uh, and embarrassing for me to be pulling a card, and you'll be like, oh, wow, that corresponds to blah 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 sign, and I'm going to be like, maybe. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know all of those correspondences, but where I pick up on them, I'll try to remember them. Well, and since if we're only using, we had Susan Chang on the show at the same I know. Time. I was just thinking that. I was just thinking, like, I know I have her book. Like, it's somewhere very close by. But I think I, I think I, I've been reading it. So I think it's like probably on my nightstand next to the bed or something. But <laughs> uh, hopefully, she'll listen to this later and and criti- and, and uh, offer some helpful critiques and maybe some additional insight into stuff. Right. And one of the things that I think that she does very well is she asks. Uh, beginner question. Yeah. She's not a beginner by any means, but 
she's very good at framing the kinds of questions that beginners don't even know how to ask. She is. And, and, and she explicitly asks them and then sometimes answers them on her own show or when she's a guest elsewhere. And I really appreciate that about her work. I do too. I hope that she's listening to this episode and being and 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 blushing and being like, "Oh, people are saying nice things about me on the internet." <laughs> um, okay, so then, uh, so basically, we're going to start with an initial chart, which is um, midnight January first in your location, and then we will progress from there. Yeah, and it's approximately forty-two degrees north. Uh, 72 degrees west for those of you who want to play along at home and find the right chart. You won't get exactly the right chart. I don't want to give you exact minutes and degrees for my residence. I have a very <laughs> large number of listeners who own uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles, so that's probably wise. <laughs> okay. But at least you'll be in the right neighborhood. Yeah. I guess you don't need to get that precise if you've got it. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I'm shuffled. Would you like me to draw a card first? Sure. Okay. So if you want to, you want to, does it make sense for us to do three card spreads for the year or for the month? Um, what? Here's what I think I will do. I'll do, I'll do one card that will sort of, that will be sort of the card for the year. And then... I'll do one card for every month after. So that way the card will sort of emphasize perhaps like um, a realm that, that the month might need to be focused on or the month might be affecting, uh, you know, such as like based on the elements or uh, or some element of the fool's journey that might be relevant to that month. And then we can, we can go from there. That's fair. All right. And one of the ways that I framed this for myself uh, I was setting on these charts is what the listeners to the Arnamancy podcast need to know for 2020 and for each of the months in 2020. So I actually had that in mind when I was setting this up. So if you're not a listener to the Arnamancy podcast, this chart information doesn't apply to you. <laughs> uh, and if you are not a listener to the Arnamancy podcast, it's really weird that you're even hearing this. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to do the same thing. So let's let me focus on the deck here a little bit and be like, all right, listeners of the Arnamancy podcast, what will be most relevant to you for the coming year in general? Ooh, I got the Knight of Staffs. You can see that there. So pushing for fire forward. Yeah, We're the knight carrying of, the fire. It is. I mean, I mean, the Knight of Staffs is a very active card. Like, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of juice in this card. You know, staffs are the uh, element of fire or the the suit of fire. So they deal with kind of like uh, big ideas or large concepts or even sort of like forms and ideas before they're manifested. And knights are air cards and uh, and have to do a lot with action. So this is a lot of I would say idealistic types of action or um or even the uh the transformation of um forms or concepts into ideas that might be more concrete and actable upon um but overall yeah pushing fire forward is a pretty good way to look at this it's 
it can be a dangerous card. And I had forgotten the association with uh, the night card with air, but it's the air on fire, which is happening in Australia. That it's totally the, the fires this... are causing changes in the atmosphere, and the result of the changes in the atmosphere is that lightning is forming and starting fires in places where they weren't already. It's a bad combination, air and fire unless you have a really good handle on it. So so the Knight of Staffs can be about a lot of forward motion and a lot of change uh, that can that can run away, that can run rampant unless you uh, rein it in. So uh, let's see how this corresponds to what you uh, uh, divined in the in the chart. So the the chart for midnight on January 1st at 4272 north and west uh, has an ascendant in Libra at 9 degrees of Libra it has the sun at 10 degrees of Capricorn it has uh, our friend Mars at 28 degrees of Scorpio so it's in a sign that it rules Mm -hmm. we have Venus at 14 degrees of Aquarius I'm going to sort of start with that set and and look at those. And why I want to look at those specifically is that Libra is the Lord of, is the sign of the year, right? That that at the moment that the, that the year began, the ascendant was Libra. And, and, and that means that as a whole, the year is going to be on balance, a little bit of good and a little bit of bad. And we may come out of this, sort of in rough balance, but it doesn't mean that the scales aren't going to shift dramatically or swing wildly over the course of the year. Uh, Libra is ruled by Venus, and Venus is in Aquarius, which is sometimes associated with, uh, you know, people who don't believe in astrology. A friend of mine says, I'm an Aquarius. I don't believe in astrology because I'm an Aquarius. (laughs) <laughs> well, and Aquarius is um, the domicile, uh, one of the domiciles of uh, our good friend Saturn, isn't it? Yes, it's one of the domiciles of, of our friend Saturn, and it's not one of those places where Venus is normally very strong. Um, uh Currently, she's in the domicile. She's in the deccan that's associated with the moon. Oh, so we have two very strong feminine powers together, but under the guidance of old man Saturn. There are some schools of astrology that say that Saturn is the old woman, and so maybe old woman, the middle aged woman, the mother, and the young woman all sort of aligned with one another at at this point at the start of year uh, under the sign of, of Aquarius, which is ruled by Saturn. And and the and uh, one of the places that's associated with Libra is the marketplace, like the marketplace of ideas. Hmm. So you have the three women ruling over the marketplace, the three fates, and I kind of have this image of them standing on one side of the scales and the official scales with all the official weights and measures and putting a thumb on one side. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And 
and setting the scales uh, a little bit akimbo from from their natural balance. And we see evidence of this around the world that uh, what women think about the future is going to matter a lot this year. Well, I'm happy about that. I think that it's Me about too. time that uh, we had a little bit less of the uh, uh, grumpy old white men being in charge of the future. Me too. Uh, and and I think that one of the things that they're doing is they're saying that, that the past matters. Like, one of the images and associations of Aquarius is with ideas that come from the past. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's fixed air. And I heard Austin Kopic at one point describe Aquarius as like the air of the tomb, like excavating old ideas or going into the pyramids and pulling out ancient concepts as a way of figuring out how to move forward. Oh. So I think that that's, that's relevant here, is that the Lord of, or the sign for the year is Libra, that means that the Lord of the Year for Artemisia podcast listeners is Venus, and Venus is standing in a sign ruled by Saturn and in the Deccan ruled by the Moon. So you've got three old feminine powers all sort of standing together and watching over the year. This sounds so. Listen to what your grandma told you, and remember what your mama told you. Unless your grandma's a cannibal. <laughs> Unless your grandma's a cannibal. <laughs> um, well, that's interesting. I think, uh, you know, you, you compared Libra to the marketplace of ideas and you were talking about um, that that image of the, you know, the, the three women um, sort of like putting their thumb on the scales and tipping the balance a little bit. Uh, I could see that interacting really well with the symbolism in the Knight of Staffs where there's definitely ideas in there. You know, the Knight of Staffs has to do with, uh, I would say that there's um, an element of of concepts or forms or like pre-ideas being moved into consciousness, into popular consciousness, into more, into bigger consciousness. So that, I think that all meshes together pretty well. I think so too. Even if the elements don't, because that's weird. The, the uh, Libra is, is Libra Earth? Libra is air, and oh. so is Aquarius. Well, that works. There's a, the knights are yeah. air. Okay, cool. Um, what else? So we have. So the other thing that we should talk about is that Venus is in the fifth house, which is a very positive place for it. It likes she likes being in the fifth house uh, because it's the house of pleasures. One of my astrologer colleagues calls it the whorehouse with sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> and she's always very happy to be there because it's about pleasures mm-hmm. and bringing lots of different kinds of pleasures together. Uh, and in this particular case, it's a very intellectual kind of pleasure. It's a very intellectual reaching backwards in time kind of pleasure, which, you know, as fashion historians, we got some <laughs> criticism on the last episode around that. Yeah. means that she's in a trine relationship with the Ascendant, so she has a fair bit of control over the course of the year. But the the real relationship that sort of governs this year is the fact that the bucket of all of the planets is in Capricorn, which is in the fourth house in this chart. So at the start of this year, we have Mercury, 
we have Jupiter, we have the South Node, we have the Sun, we have the Imam Kali, and we have Saturn and Pluto all in Capricorn in the fourth house. That is like the worst place to have a a party. That's like the worst place to have a party. It's a great place to have a party, but this is not the guest list that you would normally invite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, Because this is about home and family, and you have an enormous amount of weight placed upon them. And the idea that they are, Capricorn is sometimes described as the wild wasteland. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's the desert ground. It's the uncultivated place. It's the place that's never been cultivated. Hmm. And it's midnight. So a lot of us are going to be experiencing a fair bit of darkness in our own families and in our own households. And, and there's a fair bit of trouble that's going to be stirred up there. And we have to be prepared to set up boundaries to hold the world outside out. Mm-hmm. We have to be prepared to be our own light. We have to make it a, a welcoming place for our own mind. We have to establish what luxuries we can in that space. That's the Jupiter component. We may have to get by with less. That's the south node component. We have Mercury here, which means that we have to be clear about who it is that we're communicating with. And we have to be uh, working magic and helping change minds within our own family. And it's, the real opposition is with the North Node in Cancer, that mm-hmm. our our careers and our public reputations are going to be uh, hard armor over a soft, squishy shell. We're going to have a lot of feelings inside, and we're not going to be able to show it in a public forum. That sounds troubling. That sounds uh, it sounds like an interesting challenge. Um, I think it is. Yeah. Well, uh, shall we see what the next month holds? Sure. Okay. All right. Let me. I'll get the next card up here first. Strength. I'll show it. See that that's strength. Um, nice. This is a good, I mean, it's a strong card. I feel, uh, it, so strength presents its challenges. You know, it is, it's definitely a card of, um, uh, fortitude and learning about sort of like the balance of fortitude, um, avoiding brashness, avoiding cowardice, um, but managing to remain strong. So there's an element of strength that has to do with like staying power and lasting. Um, and you know, in, in, uh, in like Crowley's deck and in some decks strength is uh is associated with libido but for me I like to really associate it with sort of the uh platonic or aristotelian virtue of fortitude uh strength to me is about character and um resilience yeah I'm reading a book now called Aristotle's Way and it's about cultivating Aristotelian style happiness as an ordinary person rather than a philosopher. And I like the idea of fortitude. I'm, I'm currently reading a chapter where he's talking about the challenges of being in the world and not having enough and yet having to continue to try to do good things. And that's really the fortitude component, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
that it really is the fortitude component. Yeah, it, it yeah, uh well let's hear what the what the chart is going to say about this. So our ascendant is Taurus. And that means that Venus is going to rule over the year from January 30th until February 29th. So uh actually she's ruling from January 1st through February 29th. So the first two months, at least, are given over to Venus. And this time, Venus is in Pisces. She's mm-hmm. in the 11th house relative to the chart of the moment. And she's essentially conjunct, although separating conjunction, with uh, with Neptune. Okay. So this is a good time for you to be on a boat with your friends. <laughs> 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 okay, reminded I, of the uh, the old comedy routine. Okay, God, what's an arc exactly? <laughs> um, I I don't I don't think that you need to think of it as a little boat, but I do think that you have to have a sense this month of who's in the same boat with you. Okay, who, who's your crew? Who's who's who are the people that you're keeping company with? And what are you doing to make sure that the boat stays afloat with all of you in it? Okay, well, that, uh, that you know, if you're applying that to, like, all Arnomancy listeners, that might be, maybe that's the, at the end of this month I should put out some sort of, like, survey and uh, collect some statistical data about who the heck we all are. Yeah, and, and, and who's in the boat with you. Right. Now, the, the big stellium of has changed a little bit. We now only have the South Node, Jupiter, Pluto, the Midheaven, mm-hmm. and uh, and Saturn all together in Capricorn. But in this chart at the beginning of, or just before the beginning of February, on January 30th at 10.58 a.m., those are all in the ninth house. Mm. So they're the way that I would read this is some restrictions or challenges around writing and publishing. Maybe we have some trouble with the internet. Maybe we just don't feel like writing. It's hard to know. We're supposed to think of the first chart of a solar return year as being the most important one. And then these are steps down from that. Okay. Uh, But the sun in this chart is in Aquarius at this point on January 30th. And in Aquarius, it's in the 10th house. So this is a good time to shine a light on your current career goals and be thinking about how to move your career or your public reputation forward. It will involve communication because the sun is co-present with Mercury. So there's a tip. Then January 30th to February 29th, thinking pretty hard about your career and doing the work necessary to advance that in whatever way you want it to go. That is an excellent tip. I will put that on my calendar, actually. That's a good one. Uh, And I think that could play off pretty interestingly against the strength card because in strength there's sort of an element of like um, knowing when to, you know, knowing kind of where to draw the line, like not going too far and not sort of like backing away too quickly, but sort of knowing where the line needs to be drawn. And uh, I think that could help when it comes to goal setting, or it could be an important thing to keep in mind for that. So I think 
there's a good correspondence there. Yeah. The other piece of this is, a, I think that the strength card is associated with Mars. Is that right? Is that one of its associations? It very, yeah, I think it is. I think it definitely is. Uh, and in which case it would be, you know, Mars as the, as the lesser malefic has a lot of, um, has a lot of negative junk associated with it. But one of the positive things that's associated with Mars is the ability to use strength and use power effectively. So, yeah. So the place where Mars is in this chart on January 30th is in the second decan of Sagittarius, which Austin hmm. Poppick's book associates with the bridal. Uh, so there are going to be things that you're asked to do this month that you may not, in fact, want to do. Uh, but it's worth, you know, pulling the reins a little bit and directing the horse where it needs to go. Now, Sagittarius this month is eighth house. So it involves legacies, it involves death, it involves taxes and other people's money, shared resources. So there are going to be some ways in which you're going to have to handle an unruly horse this month and and get the horse moving in the right direction. And it's probably going to be around shared resources or maybe getting your tax information aligned. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> All right. Should we do the next month? Sure. All right. Okay. So this is... Uh, February. So this is like March first to uh, maybe the end of March, approximately. Yeah. So it's the February twenty ninth through March thirtieth. All right. Here we go. Ah, the six of coins. Um, generosity. Generosity. That's the that's the main theme of this card. Uh, I like to sort of uh, associate every six card with um, love in some sense. And in this one, the love that's being shared is uh, something material and physical. So the generosity part of it has to do with sharing resources or, um, or making sure that the people who are less fortunate than you are still being, you know, cared for and, uh, and taken care of. It's uh, it's the card, you know, you could associate it sort of with the physical manifestation of the virtue of charity. So keeping in line with the kind of like virtue theme from the previous card. Um so what do you what do you got for the from the stars? Ah, well the time here is 3:30 a.m. on February 29th. And that's Stellium this time is clustered around the Ascendant. And we have the South Node and Mars above the Ascendant in Capricorn. We have Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn below the Ascendant. So we have uh, a need to go out and, and get stuff done for ourselves. That is our public space. While our private space, the, the underside of ourselves, is going to have to be a little bit more generous than usual. That's the, uh, the Jupiter talking. A, a little bit more um, secretive about what it is that we're doing. That's the Pluto talking. And a little bit more engaged in some self-restraint. Doing more with less, if you will, which is the Saturn component. The this first house configuration is joined to 
to the Midheaven, which is in the 11th house, saying, you get by with a little help from your friends. So there are going to be friends between February 29th and March 30th that need your help, and you may have to do with less in order to help them. That and is this definitely may be a time that, that, to open your wallets and assist. Yeah, that definitely fits well with the with the six of coins. Um, yeah, and it's interesting. Uh, it, there's a theme of that. You know, you were talking about uh, the planets in the eighth house in in uh, the previous month, and um, it sounds like that's sort of a continuing theme. There might be some sort of monetary ongoing issue uh, this first quarter of the year, huh? I I think it's possible. All right. The relationship between the first and the eleventh house is a sextile, not a trine. I said the wrong word, but the um, there's also a trine relationship with the moon, uh, the imam Kali, which is sort of where our dreams come from. It's the midnight position mm-hmm. and. Uh, Uranus, which are all in Taurus, and in this chart, they're in the fifth house. So this is a place where the moon, in fact, likes to be, but there's a need for nurturing children, there's a need for setting something aside for the future, and there's unexpected upheavals around your ordinary forms of happiness. Hmm. So all of those sorts of things suggest that you will be happier giving of your own substance both to children and uh, and and to those who are younger than you and also a, a strong connection to friends. And then there's a third trine relationship with Mercury, the Sun, and Neptune, which are all in the third house, your neighbors. Hmm. Okay. So there's there's a three-way connection of three different groups that need your attention and your assistance and your substance and need you to show up for them. There's going to be a lot of yeah, a lot of demands on our personhood. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, April then April's next. Yeah. And the date here is March 30th at 7 15 AM. Okay. March 30th at 7 15 AM. Uh, well, I got the six of vessels. Six of vessels or six of cups. Six of cups. Yeah. Um, again, you know, sixes are associated with love and uh, cups being the suit of water. This is like the most lovey of cards. Uh, there's still a lot of nurturing going on, but here it's moved away from sort of the potentially abstract nurturing of just providing material support to the actual emotional nurturing and maybe closer emotional connections. I could see it if we're moving from the six of coins to the six of cups, it's a deepening or perhaps more spiritually significant sense of love and um, connection. So astrologically, we're running from uh, March 30th at 715 until April 29th. And the message here, I would say, is not specifically about love, but there are some interesting things going on. The, the first thing is that the sun is in the first house, so there's a need to shine a light on the self. Uh, and, and it's above the horizon, meaning that you need to be public about the fact that you're engaging in a little bit of self-examination. 
Saturn for the first time is not in the tenth is not in Capricorn. It's finally moved into Aquarius by March thirtieth. It's going to move later in the year back into a into Capricorn, but this is the first time it's been out of Capricorn in about two and a half, three years. And that means that we have Jupiter, Pluto, and Mars, and the South Node all conjunct the midheaven in the 10th house. Ow. Your work, your public reputation, your career, are all going to be trying to expand. They're all going to be at the forefront of your mind. And it's a toxic environment, and uh, and it's a place that will cut and burn and destroy you if you are not careful this month. So <laughs> direct your love elsewhere than your career in March and April. <laughs> uh, beware the Ides of April, huh? <laughs> beware the Ides of April. Uh, wow. On the other hand, on the other hand, the sign of fortune and the North Node and the Imam Kali, that is to say where you make your money or where your value is uh, and where there needs to be more and where your dreams come from is centered on home and family in the fourth house in Cancer. So that's the place where you need to be prepared to armor up the outside and be all mushy and gushy on the inside. Mm. And, uh, you know, let career be the wild wasteland in April and bring some more attention home. Now, our ascendant this month is Aries. It's the sign of, of fire, and it is, uh, it's Mars, so we should look to where Mars is, and Mars is saying it's time to put some cuts and burns into your career, so watch yourself at work, number one. But Venus is the lord of the year, and Venus is in the second house. She's in the sign of Taurus, which she rules. And there is a there is a trine with Pluto and with Jupiter, which could be a little messy, could be a little ugly, but it also means that this might be a month for your side hustle to take off. Everything I do is a side hustle. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I do is a side hustle too, including appearing on podcasts. I would not pay for this appearance. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is gonna. So it, it, that sounds like it's gonna be a rough period, though. That sounds like we should we should watch out for April um, <clears throat> and watch out for how our careers are doing and and other stuff like that. All right. Well, let's get to the next month. Yep, it, before we go on, though, okay. I think that the card is right. I think that the card here is saying that that you need to love and nurture a number of vessels, and that's at least in part because the traditional relationship that we think of as being so important between employer and employee is, in fact, potentially toxic this month. So apply your intelligence and apply your, your love and your compassion and generosity and charity other parts of your life don't oh. don't let uh, don't let April go by without regularly saying I love you to everyone except your boss <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is, relationship is not favorable right at the moment that is good advice all right I like that <laughs> uh, all right let's <laughs> let's get on to the next month so we're 
while you're drawing the card, I'm going to mention that this goes from April 29th at 10.29 to May 31st at 1.06 a.m. Um, well, you know how... Okay, well, I got the Seven of Cups this time. Um, I love the Seven of Cups. Seven of Cups. Yeah, so the Seven of Cups, like in the Rider Waite Smith Tarot, this is the one where it's got like those floating cups that all have like, you know, one of them's got a dragon and there's a castle and there's like a pile of gold. And then like the one that your attention is drawn to is this mysterious cup that's covered. And I always think of it as sort of, it's the Price is Right card, right? Where you're like, I know what's behind door number one, I know what's behind door number two, but what's behind door number seven? And, um, and so this card is kind of, uh, there's a lot of temptation involved in the Seven of Cups where you're kind of like, I know things that will work and things that will fail going ahead. And there's this temptation of chance. Um, I'm not sure that the Seven of Cups is necessarily telling you to take the chance or to avoid the chance, but I think it is telling you to be aware of choices that you're going to be making um, and maybe maybe be aware of the risk that you would be um, assuming by taking on a, uh, you know, an unknown. I, I think that that's good. The Seven of Cups always reminds me of a, uh, a movie starring um, uh, Brendan Fraser as a bedeviled young man and I've now forgotten the name of the woman who plays the Bedazzled devil. Bedazzled with Elizabeth Hurley. Bedazzled, yeah, Elizabeth That's Hurley. There, there we go. And and he wakes up one day and he's speaking Spanish and he's living in this amazing house with an amazing wife and he suddenly realizes, oh, I've wished myself into the role of a South American cocaine dealer. <laughs> 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 it is the, the seven of cups is definitely kind of about that thing where you're like well i know i know where this will go and i know where this will go but what if i make just a crazy wish just do something crazy you know there's a there's like this magic trap door that leads into some unknown potential that could be really good but you know it's it's a it's a roll of the dice and and this is a month where the astrology sort of supports that idea of uh, a lot of different choices ahead. We have Sagittarius as the Ascendant, which means that Jupiter is the lord of the month under Venus, the, uh, the queen of the year. And, uh, and Jupiter is in the third decan of Capricorn, which means that he has no strength left. He's in the second house, which means that he wants to give you lots of money, but he can't. So you get a little bit of money, maybe. But there are a lot of different targets to aim at. You have that. You have um, you have Pluto and Jupiter, both in uh, both in Capricorn in the second house. So you can direct your attention towards making a small amount of money, very large, and and sort of focus your attention there. You can focus on your neighbors which are genuinely going to need it, or your extended family, because you have both Saturn and Mars, the two malefic planets, in the third house of family and neighborhood relationships. You have 
Uh, Neptune in Pisces in the fourth house, so you have potential disruptions at home. You have Mercury, Uranus, and the Sun in the sixth house, which means potential um, potential health issues. It means serious communication problems or a major project at work, and it means upheaval in your daily life. You have Venus in Gemini in the seventh house, which is about your your spouse or your primary business partner. I, for a variety of reasons, I've done a lot of readings lately for people who are non-monogamous in their uh, relationships, and I've developed the term statistically significant other to talk <laughs> to them about their primary relationship. <laughs> I like but, that. But the primary relationship needs work this month as well. The moon is in Leo in the ninth house, which means that it's a good opportunity to take on some sort of new intellectual pursuit. And uh, and you have Virgo in the tenth house, which means some sort of major analytical or detail-oriented project with practical financial results that matter to you this month. Like, there's a lot of moving targets. There's I don't know that I'm going to be able to keep all of those straight. There's relationships. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but you have a multiplicity of options this month, and, and the Seven of Cups is a good guide to all of them. You mm-hmm. have love, you have magical power you can go after, you have a social currency that you can work on, you have money that you can work on, you have wealth, you have power. You can't have them all. Pick. <laughs> Pick one. Pick one to work on. And actually, you know, if the seven and if the seven of cups is any guide, uh, perhaps pick one to work on that you know you can do well at. That's right. And don't don't Brendan Fraser yourself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't suddenly wake up and go, oh, I'm a Mexican drug lord. <laughs> don't don't arrive at that accidentally. <laughs> unless unless of course you are already a Mexican drug lord, because I don't really know. If I might have like a really large number of Mexican drug lords who are Arnimancy fans, you you don't know. I really don't uh, know. I really don't know. But you shouldn't wind up there by accident. You should yeah. know that that's your career trajectory <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Uh, okay, I have. Okay, what month are we on now? That was that was May. That was that was essentially. Uh, that was April 29th to May 31st, and now we're looking at May 31st through July 1st. Oh, this is a big one. Okay. The card is... Oh. <laughs> judgment. Oh, oh dear. It's, judgment. It's not a bad card. It's, well, it's you not know a bad card. Actually, I think it's a, it's a nice card for this time of year because we're, we're, we're reaching the middle of the year. Um... This is a time of year that always feels sort of like a shift, right? So we're covering we're gonna this year this this particular month includes the summer solstice. So uh, we're kind of like entering into the back end of the year. And judgment is a card about kind of like looking back at what's been going on and doing an evaluation and saying to yourself uh, what's been working and what hasn't been working. Um, and it's you know it's the card that's sort of like right near the end of the fool's journey, so it's really kind of a uh, I almost like to think of it as a post mortem card, 
uh, in the business sense, not in the like you're going to be dead on a table sense, um, where you're you're really summing up everything that's been going on, and especially you know after the previous card and the previous month's forecast, where you had so many options and so much stuff happening, you might need a time to stop and be like, okay, what's happening? Where have I gone wrong and where have I gone right? And how can I, how can I take those lessons and move forward? What am I doing in this hand basket and where are we going? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. What do the stars say about this particular period of time? So May 31st, 1.05 a.m., we have the Ascendant in Pisces uh, sharing the sign with the Ascendant. We have Mars and Neptune. So if there's a week for your um, for a major faucet or pipe to blow in your house, it's probably going to happen between May 31st and July 1st. If you've got um, a if you've got a steam boiler, if you've got a boiler providing heat, that's even more dangerous. Probably it's going to be a steam pipe. That's, that's probably true, uh, but at the same time, it's likely to be a lot of water and not a lot of heat. Uh, you're more likely with Mars in Pisces to experience a cut or a break than you are to experience an explosion, which is probably good. Yeah, nobody if really. If it were in explosions, are such a if pain. it were in Scorpio, I'd look. I'd worry about over overfilling the boiler. That happened to me once. I was getting ready for a party, and I realized that the furnace was low on water. It was the first day of Mars and Scorpio, and I was down in the basement filling up the uh, filling up the boiler and, and refilling it. And my partner shouted downstairs to the basement to me and she said you need to go do this and you need to go do this right away for the party and I forgot to close the valve so I went racing off to do the errands that needed doing and my partner called me while I was at the hardware store to say all of the pipes and radiators are overflowing come back (laughs) tell me what I need to do hail hail to Mars hail Neptune (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's hail yeah, Neptune. But this is the place where a surprise may be in the offering mm-hmm. with a lot of water. Uh, it could also be a lot of rain. You, which we're looking at judgment. So let's take a look at some places where where judgment may be needed um, or where it may be unwarranted. We have Jupiter and Pluto, which are just past the conjunction, but both are retrograde, so they're likely to conjunct again. And this mm. means that you're likely reviewing friendships and making mountains out of molehills or hyper-focusing in on small details and being overly critical of specific friends. Mm. Okay. The temptation is going to be to clear your, your Facebook friends list of everybody who disagrees with you. And that's probably the wrong attitude. Like, there are some friendships here that are toxic and maybe you should get rid of, but I would wait until after July 1st to identify who gets shut off. Like, this is a time for, for keeping track or keeping score, but not actually acting on it. Wait, suspend judgment until later. And possibly also, since we're looking at judgment and kind of like evaluating things in the past, 
in um, the first few months of the year, we had that period of time where um, where we felt where where basically uh, communication was going to be stifled and things had to remain hidden and stuff. So it could be that like it it might just be a volatile sort of environment politically or discussionally, and it might be hard to you know maintain a good balance when you're discussing things with um, with friends. I think that that's true, and uh, and so this may be a time when political discussions are important, but you should make an effort to hold them in a relatively subdued or easy way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have the Sun, the Imam Kali, and Venus, and the North Node all in Gemini. The nodes have changed signs since the last time that we looked at them, and now they're in they're in Capricorn and they're in Gemini and eventually the Capricorn one is also going to shift uh, not the Cap sorry not Capricorn it's next to the Capricorn sign but they've they've shifted so the eclipses for about the next 18 months are going to be occurring in Gemini and Sagittarius they're they've shifted delightful. out of the, the Capricorn Cancer axis and they're on a new axis at this point, and they will remain on this axis. But that means that the south node in this chart is on career, so less time focused on career stuff, more time on family stuff, more on household stuff. Uh, and a friend of mine says that whenever Venus is in the fourth house, that's a good time to redecorate, because even if you're of two minds, because it's Gemini, you're more likely to make good decisions because you have that Venusian eye towards color and and connection of fabric and texture and comfort comfort all at the same time. Hmm. So redecorate in 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 uh, in June when it's the summer re- yeah. solstice. Yeah, you, you're, gonna, you're probably going to have to redecorate after the pipes burst. <laughs> that's yeah. probably true. <laughs> we hope your pipe doesn't burst. We hope it's just a lot of water that you can get rid of. Uh, so, Andrew, we've um, we've covered the first half of the year. Um, I think it would probably be a good idea to sort of um, uh, wrap this episode up and and continue in part two, which we will record immediately, but it'll give people sort of a way to listen to the first half of the year and then listen to the second half of the year later. All right, I think that's an excellent idea. And right. what we'll do at the start of the episode is we'll review the card that you drew and the solar return chart for the beginning of the year, but we'll pick up with July 1st. That sounds good. Um, can you tell uh, our listeners um, where they can find you online and what kind of stuff they should do when they get there? The easiest place to find me online is at http. Uh, colon www.andrewbwatt.com you can read my blog I have been keeping a decan by decan column this year of astrology my sewing and various other projects there Uh, I have a website on Etsy that you can get to from there you can hire my services as an astrologer just general consultant there and I'm happy to talk to anybody I also have books on Amazon that you can find by writing Andrew B. Watt, but I am not the guy who wrote all of the XML books. 
that's somebody else. Uh, that... He's in Australia, and we hope he's okay. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so. All right, well, that's that's excellent. Uh, now, so because of this new setup, we should have, like, small talk, and I'll just fade us out. So uh, what did you get for Christmas, Andrew? Uh, a lot of things that I were re-gifts of things that I got several years ago, but I left at my parents' house. Thank you for listening to the Arnamancy Podcast. You can find me online at arnamancy.com, where you can schedule a tarot reading or peruse the Arnamancy blog. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. If you like this podcast, support it for just $1 a month through Patreon at patreon.com slash arnamancy.com.